Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Greetings, Cretans. Greetings. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing today? At Cretans. Yeah. <laughs> yes. How are we doing today, Mr. Well, Paul Mayer? Pretty well. Yeah. We're having a good time. I'm having a good time. <laughs> you ain't having a good time? Oh, I am. Very much so. You You is. Yes. It is. That's for sure. I'm having a good time, too. I enjoy doing the show. Somebody was asking me, where was I? They were like, we were talking about how long I've been doing shows for the Brewing Network. And I'm like, yeah, it's like eight years. <laughs> like, eight <laughs> years? I'm like, yeah. And for, for a limited most time of them, only, J-A-M-I-O. For most of them, I've been doing a show a week. Yeah. Like holy crap! You do this every week. Yeah, I'm like, well, you know, we we'll do several shows in a row, and so that's the only way I could do it, just because the drive time would kill me. But um, yeah. <laughs> they're like, you really must like doing it. I'm like, yep. I said, uh, if I didn't like it, there's no way I could do this, and you would have to pay me a lot to do this if I didn't like it. <laughs> you know, there, there would just be no way, no way of doing it. So. uh yeah, I enjoy it. I have yep, fun. So it's do like, I. It's like hanging around bullshit with your friends, you know. Mm-hmm. Which exactly, which is exactly what, what it is. It is really. Yeah, they go. Sounds like you're just having fun chatting with your friends. Yep. Yeah, that's the formula for the show, right there. You got me. Yeah, <laughs> that little drinking works mm-hmm. out perfect. Yep. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so what we're doing today is, um, oh, well, speaking of hanging out and drinking with your friends, what about Blickman? Huh? Hey, our good buddy John. Yeah. <laughs> One of my fondest memories was the time when uh, there was the giveaway for the winner. That yeah. If you bought a top-tier system that year, they did a drawing from all of them. And then uh, we went out to the, the winner's home, uh, which turned out to be in, uh, in Tahoe, and uh, brewed with them. <laughs> it was actually one of my favorite. That was one of my favorite weekend, uh, yeah. favorite times. Yeah, because we went up the night before and we hung out, had dinner, had some beers, uh, a romantic stroll along the beach, holding hands, <laughs> uh, cupping ball, a uh, cupping, uh, and having having a good time. Let me put it that way. And then uh, and then uh, farting endlessly in the hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> John knows I'm telling the truth. And then, uh, what else did we do? <laughs> and then the sausages. It was a, a regular sausage fest. Yeah. Uh, the guy brought out a little grill that fit on the uh, on the Blickman top deer and grilled up some sausages. And, oh, it was it was totally cool. Had a really good time. I I love that. Yeah. And you know, big reason why was uh, uh, John Blickman and you know all his creativity and and uh, humor. Uh, yep. Really made a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, he's a, he's a brewer just like the rest of us. Yes, just like the rest of us. He's an ordinary man. Puts his pants on one leg at a time. Uh, but uh, a very clever one, and uh, makes a lot of great products that are a lot of fun to use on your brew day and uh, make your your brew day better. So check them out, BlickmanEngineering.com. They're paying for the show, so you don't have to. So. Uh, uh, you can spend a, a few minutes just browsing the site and checking out all the goodies that they have and kind of drooling over all that great stuff. So when uh, when your uh, significant other asks you, what do you want for Christmas? You can say, well, dear, I want uh, 
uh, tower power. I want a hop rocket. I want a beer gun or, you know, so many great things he's invented. Yep. So go check it out. BlickmanEngineering.com. Well, and speaking about uh, all sorts of fun things, I think we're going to do a live Q&A show that is all about metals. Because you weren't here for two weeks. That's right. We are. We did a, a water show. Now we're going to do one on metals. So you can answer all the questions, and I can sit here and get drunk. <laughs> How sounds like sound? a plan. <laughs> it sounds like every other show we do. Yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right. So I thought I thought metal would would be uh, a good uh, topic for you since uh, you know metals are your thing. Your thing. They are. Yeah. I, I'm one of those guys that looks at a piece of stainless steel equipment and gets, wonder gets what it feels chubby. like. I mean, just wants to go over and touch it. <laughs> it starts getting erect. Or it's rubbing up against it and then people like spray you with the hose and like, get away, get away from my car. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Dan writes, uh, John, big fan of the book and big fan of Bruce Strong. As a metallurgist, I thought this question would be right up your alley. I'm submitting it to Bruce Strong as well. I have a copier chiller that is a little big for my kegel and has become quite ugly looking from forcing it in and out of the opening. <laughs> we know what you mean. Yeah. I'm always forcing it in and out of the opening. Uh, I'd like to reform it, but it seems to have undergone significant work hardening. <laughs> yeah. It gets hard, and then when you're forcing it in and out, it gets all ugly looking. Can I just throw it in my oven at 250 for an hour, let it cool, then rebend? Uh, they are listing typical annealing temperatures of alloy 122 at 700 to 1200 Fahrenheit. This would probably yeah. not be worth the energy. <laughs> Thanks for all the good <laughs> info. I owe most of my brewing knowledge to you. Well, thank you. You're very kind. Um, He's also a liar, unfortunately, okay. throwing it in the oven for an hour at even 350 won't work because I've tried it. Uh, interesting email. I mean, it, I, I, I come from a heat treating background, among other things. And uh, I thought, well, you know, I wonder if it will recrystallize and, and soften up significantly at, you know, oven temperatures. Um, turns out at 350 for an hour, it doesn't. Uh, the copper, I, I had a piece of 3 eighths copper tubing in the garage that I was able to uh, work harden and bend into a loose coil and then um, put it in the oven for an hour at 350 and took it out and tried to unbend it or bend it further and it, it was still as stiff as it was before. Now, maybe that's just me, but um, at the apparently those temperatures aren't enough. You'll need to go up to more like 700 to get uh, some significant softening of the, of the copper, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know of really useful way uh, to do it. Um, alternatively, I mean, you know, in, at home, you don't, you can't put, you can't turn your home oven up to 700, 500 is about as high as any of them will go. Alternatively, you can take a propane torch and play that over areas that you want to rebend or reform. Um, and those will get, I mean, you know, those get up to, you know, 900, 1,000 degrees, and you can get the metal hot enough to solder and so on, and that will anneal it. So you can spot anneal it that way with the propane torch. Just be careful to let it cool first before you try to reform it. Well, and, uh, yeah, take off any, uh, if you have hosing, uh, tubing going to it or other oh, yeah. other bits and pieces or any, uh, you know, teff tape or anything like that, just go ahead and take all that stuff off. And then uh, heat up with a torch. Just get that uh, nice and uh, red, and you should be should be good to go. Yep. I would think. And you could just start on one end and just chase chase that cherry red down to the other end of the tubing. And yeah, actually, it won't get it won't yeah. get red. Um, if it got red, it would probably tend to melt. Um, in the case of copper. Yeah. Uh, it will turn a little bit silvery, though. You'll see a, a silvery sheen appear uh, on the surface of the copper, and that's mm-hmm. that's hot enough. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. 
But if it turns, if, if the whole thing started glowing, then it would be uh, well on its way to melting. I which would be think annoying. you could melt uh, copper with a uh, propane torch. Um, if you work at it, I mean, if you leave, left it on there for quite a while, yeah, you probably could. Really, the propane yeah. would get hot enough, huh? Yeah. Well, or or in other words, or hot enough to severely embrittle it. I mean, and just ruin it. You know, uh, but, uh, yeah. If it gets, you don't want to uh, get it too hard because then you won't be able to force it in and out of the opening. That's right. There you go. But uh, and I think he, I think he also mentioned how to, how do we bend tubing? Um, no, no. Okay, it was somebody else. <laughs> how do you bend tubing, John? Well, you get a spring um, support sleeve. Um, a tubing bender. That's what yes, they and it's a coil spring. You slip it over the tubing for whatever size you're using, and then you bend it with that, and it gives it kind of support all around it. The other thing you do is pack that tubing full of like sand, and then when you bend mm-hmm. it, that that does it as well. You're giving it support either on the outside or the inside to to make your your bend. Yeah, but the the tubing benders work quite well. You can get those at Home Depot. Well, sizes. You can if they actually have any clue as to where they are. <laughs> I went to a Home Depot. The true story. We were installing the brew plant. I'm like, all right, we needed tubing benders. I'm like, all right, well, Home Depot says they got them on, on their website. I go down to the Home Depot. I'm like, where's your tubing benders? What? Huh? Tubing bender. No, we don't have anything like that. Like, <laughs> they're like, what do you want to do? I, I want to bend some tubing. <laughs> like, no, no such thing. I'm like, your website says you have this in stock, six of them. Where would I look for plumbing supplies? Yeah, we don't have anything like that. You're not going to find that here. Where (laughs) are your plumbing supplies? Yeah, we don't have it, so, you know, not even (laughs) worth looking. Just point me towards your plumbing tools. Sir, please leave. (laughs) They're just like, we're not going to have it. I'm like, I'm just like, idiots. I'm yeah. like, I go find the plumbing tools. Sure enough, there they are hanging there, tubing benders. I'm just like, when I ram it up the guy's ass when I find him again, I'm just like, look, this is what I'm talking about, you idiots. Do you think he'd be screaming, we don't have those, as you were doing <laughs> as, it? As I'm ramming up his ass? Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Oh, my God. The, the glory that is uh, Home Depot. I mean, there's some fine people there. Yeah. Boy, there are some idiots there. Yeah. I just just don't understand uh, customer service. Some days I feel like it's like I'm telling them it's like okay, go find me an old guy, or on the <laughs> other hand, go find me a young guy. You know, right. that's what I'm talking about. I I just go in and say, just leave me alone. Can I help you? No, absolutely not. I know more about the store than you do. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, Robert writes, gentlemen, uh, he's written into the wrong show. Uh, Uh, I am crafting a hop strainer for my brew kettle out of stainless steel mesh. The strainer is a 5-inch diameter cylinder with a mesh bottom. We all like mesh bottoms, don't we? And a... uh, He he put that in, not me. And a stainless steel collar... Pardon me. The original thought was to sew the bottom on with stainless steel or copper wire, but that has proved too tedious. John, you mentioned in How to Brew that silver solder is used in 90% of mechanical fasteners in the home brewery. My questions are then, what are your thoughts on silver soldering the mesh together? Would it work? Would it be okay to have in the brew kettle, or would it be too much exposure? Thanks again in advance, and thanks for what you guys do. Okay, well, a couple issues here. Um, A, I think you're going to have trouble getting sufficient flux uh, on there to get it to braise well or to, to solder on uh, the stainless steel to the stainless steel hoop. That seemed um, much more difficult than sewing it on. Yeah, Talk actually to tedious. me too. Yeah. Um, but, okay, assuming that you do get it soldered on there, at least a couple key points so it doesn't fall off, um, then the... The tin, the silver tin solder—that's plumbing solder. Um, 
it's it's fairly galvanically it's fairly passive with regard to stainless steel you're not going to get um lots of tin coming off um even if you did get lots of tin coming off the solder um the most you'd experience is really haze issues well it's uh, such a minuscule amount if you're talking yeah. mesh I mean, I can't imagine there's you're going to get a lot of solder to stick to, yeah. you know, a fine mesh. Right. And, and you're just pouring the work, you know, straining the hops past it. It's, yeah, I mean, the really, the the corrosion and metal, you know, uh, metal in the work is is not really an issue here. Um, you know, maybe, maybe you solder it in like three, four, five spots around the rim, mm-hmm. and that'll be good to hold it on, but... Yeah, I would, I would have thought you know the wire would have would have worked. Yeah, sewing it on with wire. I mean, just cut yourself uh, you know couple inch long pieces, pass it through the hole, twist it. Yeah, you don't have and to then sew clip it, it off. You know, loop, pa- yeah, couple put a put a piece through, twist it, clip it off. Just do that in twenty parts you know, twenty spots, and I guarantee you that that should do it. Yep. Can't imagine, uh, you know, and you could probably do every single hole in uh, in less than an hour. So there you go. Very true. You know, probably waste a little bit of wire doing it that way versus trying to stitch it on. But it would be a lot faster. Uh, should work well. All right, let's uh, take a short break, and when we come back, I've got a question from Lou uh, about metals, and there's even a bon- bonus question. So you get the bonus round here, John. Back after this. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps home brewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant well thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The auto sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I love a bold, hoppy beer when it spits resin in your face and makes you cry, uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering, but it takes a back seat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. That's it. I've had it. I am never. 
Hopper putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states. Plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite bare-bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W Nico Brew, your bare-bones buddy in the brewing business. What does craft beer mean to you? Is it a delicious way to support your town's local brewer? Or perhaps it's the perfect beverage to pair with those delicious meals at your favorite restaurant and at home. Regardless of whether you're thinking of pints or pairings, pilsners or porters, craftbeer.com is the site where craft beer lovers come together to learn and share. Craftbeer.com is brought to you by the Brewers Association and celebrates the best of American craft beer and its brewers. Craftbeer.com is the best place to find craft beer events recipes, great feature stories, the most up-to-date brewery listings, and resources for your next beer tasting or dinner, like style guidelines, pairing mats, and charts. Get the inside scoop on new beer releases and special events from today's craft beer insiders and chime in to share your own knowledge, perfect pairings, road trips, recipes, and more. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We got a question from Lou, John. Lou, how you doing? Lou says, I got a metal question for John. Of course. It's about metal. I just pass it on to John. <laughs> is the lead-free solder, solder I've used on the copper fittings within my boil kettle safe? I am using copper for my whirlpool recirculation lines. Uh, this is where you say answer. yes. Yeah, and yeah. So say yes. Yes, it is. There you go. Another detailed answer from John. That's why. That's why it's sold as plumbing solder. Right, because it's safe, even though it's in an acidic uh, environment. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And there will be some. Erosion, or just I mean, with with continuous use, there will be some mm-hmm. erosion slash corrosion, but small amounts. I mean, this this the silver ten solder in this time, but even mm-hmm. in this in a wort environment, is uh, pretty resistant. I mean, it, corrosion rates are very low. Mm-hmm. Okay, now here's your bonus question for extra points. Lou has listened to your metal episode. He says, do I have big worries on corrosion with a copper fitting threaded into stainless, or will this just eventually cause some minor corrosion I don't have to worry about? B, minor corrosion. Minor corrosion, don't have to worry about. Yeah, I mean, you know, it may rot the fitting a bit, but Uh, if it it, doesn't leak and you don't have to take it apart, eh, big deal, right? Yeah, I mean... 
the copper, the nice thing about copper is it tends to polarize in conjunction with other metals. So that, uh, in other words, over time, um, the the galvanic difference between the two metals will diminish. Mm-hmm. And uh, it'll it slow will, down. It, its corrosion rate will actually drop. Mm-hmm. Now, if you if you change, um, if you change the environment repeatedly, then that kind of that kind of ruins this pa- passivity that builds up. So, for example, if if you were in a commercial brewery setting and having a copper to stainless joint like this, where it was exposed to, you know, daily. Um, CIP cleaning in place uh, practices with you know first caustic then acid then mm-hmm. you know various regimens. Um, then you would tend to get more corrosion uh, because you're constantly changing the surface chemistry of the metal the two metals different electrolytes you know um, so it doesn't really give it a chance to passivate and that's why they don't recommend brass copper fittings or aluminum in, to boot um, in modern breweries because, and they say all, use all stainless because that way you've, you reduce the number of variables you got to deal with with your uh, mm. clean and place systems. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he was the one who asked about any tips on bending copper. He says, I don't see any kinks ah. in the smoothly bent whirlpool lines on MrMalty.com. Of course you don't. Come on. <laughs> oh, my God. I got that from uh, more beer, so uh, there you go. Or some of the lines I did myself. It's a tubing bender, that's the trick. Tubing bender. All right, uh, Dan, he asks, or Danny asks, uh, he wants to do electric induction brewing. He says, uh, I have a Blickman, actually two pots, that I want to use with induction heating. It seems easier to put the pot on an induction burner rather than drilling it and adding electric elements. Plus, I can still use it for mashing and boiling. Looking into this idea, the first thing I notice is that the pot is not induction compatible as it doesn't attract magnets. So I figured out two ways to convert it without drilling it. The first option, which is not recommended by induction manufacturers, is to put a metal sheet on the induction heater and the pot on the metal sheet. The second option and this is where I wanted and needed your input, is to put inside the bottom on the pot small metal discs that are magnetic, maybe something like 10 metal washers, about one inch in diameter, spread across the bottom. My questions are, is it safe to use iron discs in the boil? Should I use only stainless discs, assuming I can find some that are magnetic? Does 10 discs sound enough metal for a 3 kilowatt induction element? Should I go another route altogether and use something more like a metal sheet with big holes instead of one-inch discs? Thanks in advance, Danny. Okay, well, stainless steel pots do work on induction uh, stovetops. So you can... Isn't it a uh, a thicker layer that they put on or don't they usually like bind a uh, copper or something to the bottoms of those or something yeah sometimes yeah but it'll it'll still work um well enough i don't think you need to try to put um i don't you don't want to try to put washers inside the pot um and even you know they would ha- they would need to be um you know non-reactive 304 type stuff um, well, and how does induction heating work, John? Why don't you briefly okay. tell well, us about that? Induction heating works by uh, having a oscillating electric field where, you know, changes from, it's like an um, alternating current. In this alternating current, um, the, it creates magnetic resistance in the uh, metal, um, and uh, that resistance creates friction in the in between the uh, atoms, which creates heat. So, yeah, I mean, magnetic, more magnetic substances work better for induction heating. Mm-hmm. But um, but you can still, I mean, we use induction uh, brazing all the time in aerospace. I mean, you put you know a stainless steel tube inside an induction coil. 
and use that to heat it up and you know braise um, braise a joint uh, that way. Yeah, blaze a joint. Yeah. Uh, it sounds yeah. like something tasty would be doing. No, oh, braise a joint. <laughs> braise, braise, joint, yes. not blaze. Um, and uh, but you know, does the amount of metal present have a big factor on uh, induction heating? Um, it can. The the what do you call it? The permeate, magnetic permeability of the material. Mm-hmm. is a factor of how well it heats up. The thickness of the material is, is a factor on how well it heats up or how much resistance there is to that changing field. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would think that if he's trying to actually improve um, the induction, then a piece, a piece of uh, plain steel um, beneath the pot would help him. Mm-hmm. Um, the... Uh, yeah, copper copper wouldn't help. Aluminum wouldn't help. It's because it's too permeable. Um, so, yeah, that, I mean, beneath the pot rather than the, in the pot is the way to go. Yeah, okay. Well, there you go. There's your answer. Uh, but for- it just the fact that, I mean, he's saying, oh, my, my stainless steel isn't magnetic. Well, there's still enough iron in there and that it will respond to the induction, maybe not as much as is plain carbon steel, but it'll still respond. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. All right. Uh, let's do this. Let's take another short break. When we come back, we will have more of your questions after this. Ah, tin, huh? Getting tired of that same old handcrafted beverages day after day? Are you looking for something with more diversity than your normal beer? Fellow BN Army member Michael Fairbrother, owner of Moonlight Meadery, is reviving an entire beverage category. Mead! The meads at Moonlight Meadery are all handcrafted from the finest honey on the market and are perfect for any occasion, like weddings, baby showers, or... Excuse me? Mead is not your average girly drink, mister, and Moonlight Meads can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere. Football games with the guys. Yeah. Barbecues with the guys. Yeah. Operating power tools with the guys. Yeah. Um, actually, sir, that's really dangerous. Good point, son. Next time you have something to celebrate or are just looking for a new tasting experience, pick up a bottle of mead from Moonlight Meadery. Now in 21 states, making over 60 varieties of mead from dry, semi-sweet to sweet. Break out of that craft beer lull. Grab a bottle of Moonlight Mead. Can't find some? Then ask. No, make that demand some. Yeah! What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but the cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeast, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. 
Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the homebrewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, Cretans. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP and the internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and Bruin brother Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zanashev and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. Uh, speaking of testicles. Yes. You want to sponsor <laughs> yeah. Lickman? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that guy's got some testicles. Yep. There he is. Well, and if but, you want to... Uh, you know, uh, take take care of your testicles. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe Way to Lance, rescue that segue there, yeah, maybe, maybe Lance Armstrong would have had less testicle problems had he visited adamandeve.com. Right. For a limited time only, you can adamandeve.com. they got thousands and thousands of great products, adult-oriented products. And if you use the offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, at adamandeve.com, you're going to get your first item at 50% off. So you go and you buy something half price, and what they're going to give you is three free adult DVDs. You get a DVDs of your choosing. It can be uh, anal, Asian, amateur, uh, MILFs, uh, big butts. Uh, well, can you get sports videos instead? Water, water, <laughs> water sports. If you want water sports, uh, they they have that too. I, I think he means like the the Rams nineteen eighty one season in review, like just oh, you, sports videos. You can get some Rams. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you, you see Rams, you see water sports, you see all sorts of goodies in those DVDs, and, and of your choosing. They're not going to send you some crap from the bottom of the bin. You choose what genres you yeah, like, like Lakers or something. <laughs> and then. And then you get a free. You're you're making this difficult, John. Don't don't make me laugh. He's making it hard. <laughs> you're, you're making it hard, John. You're making it very hard. Um, you get uh, a free extra gift, so essential I can't mention it, and free shipping. So let me recap. Offer code Jamel J A M I L. You get one buy one item at half price, and they got good pricing. Lots of items. Then you get the three free DVDs, you get the free extra gift, and free shipping. You get a whole bunch of free crap just for buying one thing at half price. So check it out, adamandeve.com. They even have a mobile site. Go there with your, your smartphone and uh, shop away for your testicle health today. All right, uh, I got a question, and we get a lot of these questions. People worried about uh, lead poisoning and uh, rotting their brains. I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> Smoking uh, will do it to you worse than that. Uh, there you go. Uh, maybe this is what happened to uh, Tasty. I don't know. Uh, Edward uh, writes, uh, I have a question that I haven't been able to find online or in John's book. Last night I was bottling up a Hefeweizen, and I had a tub of star sand for sanitizing bottles and hoses. While I was siphoning into the bottling bucket, I felt 
I left the brass hose connector from the spigot soaking in the star sand for about 10 to 15 minutes. After I removed it from the star sand, it was a bright copper color, like a shiny new penny. I then reassembled the bottling bucket spigot and proceeded to bottle, giving every bottle a quick star sand rinse immediately before filling. When I was done, I noticed the star sand had a slight metallic odor, and when cleaning up, I noticed that the brass hose connector had the same odor, but much stronger, as did my hands after touching it. Did I leach lead or some other toxic compound into the star sand? Did I then contaminate every bottle with the final rinse before bottling? I remember on Bruce Strong Metal Show something about yeast precipitating out metals, but this is a Hefeweizen and we will be drinking the yeast. Should this be something I concern myself with and dump the batch or am I overreacting? You're overreacting. Um, let me let me address the different points. Um, so you he put the one brass fitting into the star sand and it came out nice and bright. Okay, fine. There is, you know, there is now some small percentage of um, that fitting, you know, in solution in the star sand. Um, so in other words, some copper ions, some zinc ions, maybe some lead ions. Unless but, it's a lead-free brass. Right, unless it's lead-free brass, which many brasses in the United States are today, and in Europe, too. They've they've had lead-free laws uh, or ordinances in place, I think, for about five years now. From his spelling of color, i got to think he is uh, in uh, Great Great Britain somewhere, yes. Okay. Or Australia. Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, you know, lead-free brass is pretty co- is becoming more and more common. But even if it wasn't, you're dealing with 3% lead maximum. So 3% of the weight of that fitting is lead distributed homogeneously throughout the entire fitting. So, you know, therefore, only 3% of the surface area is actually lead um, or less. I mean, because this is by weight and not by size or volume. Um, but anyhow, it was, anyway, it's a very small bit of lead that would be exposed at the surface and and you haven't dissolved the entire fitting so only you know uh one you know couple atom layers deep potentially um in other words the amount of lead is minuscule that could have gotten in the copper and, and zinc um copper potentially toxic and if it's enough but um anyway small small likelihood now, second part of the question, he said, you know, he he rinsed his bottles in that same solution. Well, the these ions are not going to plate onto a non-conductor, so they're they're not going to attach themselves to glass. If you stuck an iron nail in there, yeah, they would plate onto the nail, but we're not, you know, that's beside the point. Um, so he did not, you know, he he's not exposing himself to Contam- you know, he didn't contaminate his bottles. Um, and, I mean, you know, whatever the, might be in the remaining liquid solution there, even then, that's a minuscule amount. And, yeah, I mean, any, and so you've got a little bit left in the, in the star sand, a little bit of carryover from the star sand to the batch, or to, in this case, the bottles. Uh, you know, just not enough to even worry about. I doubt it could be detected even. Well, mm-hmm. and uh, even so, if there was a, a, a tiny amount of lead in there, the uh, adult human in yeah. reasonable health eating a, a uh, proper diet, uh, it passes through eventually. It's, you know, it's, yeah. it's chronic exposure to, um, yeah. you know, substantial levels is what uh, eventually rots your brain and, and does right. you in. I mean... Back when back when lead wasn't controlled, you know, in brass, they would tell you to you know not to, to let the water run out of the faucet so you didn't drink that first cupful every morning. Or the same with beer taps, because mm-hmm. you get a higher concentration. Mm-hmm. And uh, even then, you know, it's something where you, as you say, it's a, it would be a chronic accumulation where you're you're drinking that same concentration every single day you know, over a period of months or years to have any real effect. So in the case of um, acute poisoning, you would have to ingest a whole lot more 
Um, yes, there's really no danger to them in this case. There you go. Well, and keeping with that theme, as I said, everyone's worried about their health. Yeah. If you're worried about your health, uh, you know, don't overconsume alcohol. Don't uh, smoke. Go out, get some exercise. Uh, get off the couch. Uh, things like that, yeah. and you probably do a lot better. Uh, Kevin, he's he's worried about caustic brass and his health. Says I have a Braumeister uh, 50 liter. Uh, given it's a stainless unit, I decided to use caustic soda for uh, a one in ten sparkling clean. Forgetting that the pump housings under the unit are brass. Results of some pretty nasty looking pump housings. Spidel advised me it won't affect the unit's operation, but I am not sure about the health or flavor effects of this problem. It's not even clear to me if this is something on the brass or stripped off of it. There doesn't seem to be much accessible information online about what caustic actually does to brass. Then I got thinking. Uh, I do know a brewing metallurgist over in the States. Maybe he'll have some advice. This is Kev from Canberra, Australia. Yeah, very, very similar situation, really. Um, he had posted pictures uh, online, and I was able to take a look at those today before the show. Um, uh, what he what he's seen is dark patches on the brass, uh, dark discoloration um, due to um, zinc oxides, you know, copper oxides um, caused by the caustic, and uh, caustic being sodium hydroxide. So the hydroxide oxidizes the surface and leaves this you know, black residue, some discoloration. Um, the fitting was not all black it was just kind of speckled spotted just you know slight discoloration all around um not a lot of corrosion evident um some small pits evident but nothing to really worry about this can be cleaned up with a scrubby and maybe some kitchen cleanser to just brighten it up all over um remove the discoloration if you didn't do that and you just brewed with that uh fitting as is um, the wort would pull off those uh, oxides, just like when you stick your copper wort chiller in the wort, or as the previous uh, guy described, you know, fitting came out nice and bright. Um, these oxides are more soluble in in the acidic wort than the base metal itself. So you would get a higher concentration um, from that. But again, the amounts we're talking about are, are really small and uh, not a health hazard. All right. There's your answer there. Let's take a short break, our final one. And uh, when we come back, we'll wrap up this show with uh, maybe another question or two after this. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients, backed by the best customer service in the business. New items include the Big Oxygen Kit for economical wart aeration using common welding oxygen tanks and the Unistat line of external thermostats for easy control of both electric heaters and refrigerators. In addition, They've just mashed their new oatmeal stout malt extract. So you can make those tasty winter oatmeal stouts and porters without mashing. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Tonight is the night. We bring the creature to life, Dr. Blitzkrankstein? Yes, J.P. Gore. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My daughter, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creature's alpha acid. <laughs> yes, J.P. Gore. We will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power. 
Wickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Blickman's like, with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to enjoy a fight. Don't be silly, Jay Peagle. We have beer to brew. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones, no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. All right, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit AustinHomebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Body Builder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit AustinHomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, AustinHomebrew.com. One of the last things many brewers try to master is the ingredient that makes up most of their beer, water. Brewers Publications is pleased to announce Water, a comprehensive guide for brewers of all levels by how-to-brew author John Palmer and professional brewer Colin Kaminsky. Hi, I'm John Palmer. This book is the result of many years of asking the tough questions about water to professional brewers and brewing scientists, and we are very pleased with how it turned out. It's the first book that is solely about water treatment throughout the brewing process. The book is intended for all brewers, from homebrewers to professionals, and we hope you like it. From how to read a water report to treating your wastewater and everything in between, water is the comprehensive guide you've always wanted on brewing's least understood ingredient. Flavor contributions, water chemistry, and adjusting water to styles of beer. John and Colin will teach you everything you need to know. Water is available from BrewersPublications.com and fine brewing booksellers near you. Take the mystery out of your brewing water. Visit BrewersPublications.com for your copy of Water today. Hey, dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's the pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, write-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water-resistant, and ice chest-approved. Grog Tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Oh, it's that pseudo-Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some grog tags, dude. Grog tag. At least your beer will look good. Grogtag.com. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. We're enjoying uh, having John back from uh, the wild lands of Austin. 
Austin, Texas. Tejas, as they might call it. <laughs> Tejot. Yes. <laughs> and uh, also speaking of hot, how about that AHA? Yes. All 50 states legal. They got some good looking people working for them. Like they do. Gary oh. Glass. Is mm-hmm. a, an attractive bald man. You sure you didn't just see somebody in the reflection of his head? <laughs> yeah, that might have been. It might have been uh, his lovely wife. It might have been uh, Charlie Papazian, who gets me a chubby. Uh, yeah, could have been one of them. Could have been one of them. But I'll tell you, Gary's quite nice. So yeah. there you go. Our good friends at the AJ. Right. And I'll tell you what. You should be supporting. I support them. John supports them. We all support them. You should be supporting them, too. The AHA does a lot for the homebrewing uh, uh, hobby, the people, uh, all your compatriots that are interested in homebrewing. They're out there fighting the good fight uh, when uh, strange legislation comes up that threatens your ability to homebrew and uh, to leave your house and or share a beer with a friend. They're they're watching out for that stuff, and so it's really important work. Plus, they got the the Zymergy. Uh, subscription. They've got a lot of events, things like that. We're going to be doing an AHA rally at uh, Heretic. I don't know if you know. And uh, I think John's going to be there, aren't you, John? Yes. When, when is that going to be again? I think we're shooting for April 26th. It's going to be a big one. We're going to do it down at Heretic. I'm going to invite uh, all sorts of people down. We're going to have a big old party. And uh, if you're the only way you can participate is if you're an AHA member. So there. So if you get a chance, sign up for the AHA. You won't regret it. All right. Uh, time for one more question? Yep. I got time. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're sticking around, John. Uh, Mark <laughs> Well, writes, I was going to get up and get another beer, but then I thought, well, I'll wait. Hopefully I'll get through this question first. Okay. Mark uh, from Drexel Hill writes, uh, I'm a new home brewer with high aspirations. Oh, No. Keep going, keep going. I think Tasty had high aspirations when he started homebrewing. One day I plan to open my own brew pub. Until that day, though, I have a lot to learn. One question I keep coming back to is how can I insulate my brew pot and mash tun for quicker boils and easier sustained temperatures? I had read a small blurb online about ceramic insulating paints and was wondering if you guys had any experience with this. Does it work? Effects on stainless steel aluminum? If I painted an igloo cooler, would that be even more insulation for winter, winter brewing? Anyway, I love the shows. Listen, long time. Oh, the wonders of material science. That's why I got into the field in the first place. Um, but, uh, no, I have not used those uh, ceramic insulating paints. Um, so I can't say how effective or ineffective they would be on a brew pot or a, a cooler. I would imagine they would not be terribly effective on a brew pot. Um, and I doubt that, I have a feeling they would be very ineffective on a cooler. Um, the plastic is, um, and the insulation in the cooler is probably much more of a heat barrier or insulation than uh, the ceramic paint given the thickness. Um, the best way. I, I have tried to insulate stainless steel uh, tons for mashing, and the best way I found was uh, bubble wrap. Get um, like aluminized bubble wrap and wrap that a couple times around, you know, to create like a half inch, three quarter inch thick layer on the outside, and that helped retain uh, mash heat pretty well. Um, but you did have the problem of the bottom of the blanket, you know getting too hot, you know, during direct firing and melting a bit. But other than that, it worked. <laughs> and I'm sure it was far cheaper, too. Yes, yeah. There you go. And right. it could be replaced easily. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think uh, I think that, uh, you know, sometimes people worry a little bit too much about uh, uh, something like that. Um you know, simple is best yeah. a lot of times, and yeah, uh, you know, I think I think that's that's the route to take on this. All right, another fine show, John. I think 
Well, thank you. You did quite well. I think you're. I, I, I give you. Uh, I, th- I think your accuracy on your question answers was, uh, you know, hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. Well, appreciate your clarity of diction in, in reciting them as well. <laughs> there you go. I, hey, I, I'm I'm here for you, buddy. I'm here for you. <laughs> Unlike you, you were the last uh, couple of weeks, <laughs> couple of weeks yeah. uh, you know, I happen to be here. All right. But Austin was worth it. So. Yes, yes. And I, I'm glad you got a chance to do that. I'm glad the people of Austin got to meet you and uh, and uh, take part in your, uh, your brilliance. So uh, if uh, you folks like to take part in this brilliance, uh, keep supporting our sponsors like BlickmanEngineering.com. They, uh, these guys uh, innovating your homebrew day. Check out the Brewing Network store. Lots of goodies in there that uh, you can buy and goes to the bottom line of the Brewing Network. And uh, support the AHA as well. All right. Till later then, uh, Brew Strong, everybody. Brew Strong. Brew Strong.